0: Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. If you have your Bibles, uh, I invite you to take them and turn with me to John chapter 17. And we've been working our way through John chapter 17, and today is the fifth part in that series. Today we're only going to take a look at four verses, but four profound verses. Um, And by the way, yes, I got a haircut. I just (laughs) want to say, I call this a value-added haircut. You know, I get a haircut and I don't have to go in for a couple of months now. So this is is good. Um, It's no secret that Christianity is on the decline in Canada. In the last census, 54% of Canadians identified themselves as being Christians, That is down 14% in just 10 years. Only 37% of Christians, only 37% of Canadians between the ages of 25 and 34 identified themselves as being Christian. That's down 20% in 10 years. Uh, There are people who identified themselves as Christians, not necessarily people who are Christian. In 1950, two out of three Canadians attended church regularly. 66%. In 2019, about 6% attended church regularly, and after the pandemic, I imagine it's smaller than that. Um, If it wasn't for the immigrant population, uh, the number would be significantly lower yet. Um, Asbury's felt this dynamic, right? Uh, 20 years ago, this church was 200 people on a Sunday morning. Um, now we have a little more or a little less than a hundred people, depending on how you count uh, online uh, church. So what do we do with that? Well, obviously we want more people to come to know Jesus, right? Let me tell you about my Jesus. We have some wonderful outreach programs uh, here, and some great people in our church. Alpha does a wonderful job of reaching out. Our, our youth does a wonderful job of reaching out. MOPS does a great job of reaching out. A number of you have a gift of evangelism, and you're sharing your faith with people. I know a number of you people are inviting your friends to church, and that's awesome. But obviously, we would love more people to know Jesus. Today's scripture helps us, but maybe not in the way that you would think. John chapter 17, verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you were in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe you've sent us. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me, and love them even as you love me. I find these verses both challenging and profound. It's the night before Jesus is uh, crucified, and he prays that the world will know who he is because of the unity of his disciples. And this is consistent with the message that he, he had uh, told his uh, disciples a little earlier. In John 13, 35, he says, By this, everyone will know that you are my my disciples, if you love one another. If you've been in the faith for a while, this doesn't surprise you. We're to be known for our love. Jesus is praying that the world will come to know him because uh, we're unified. Here's why I find this a little challenging. Jesus said a little earlier, uh, said, They'll know we're Christians by our love. They'll know who I am because of our unity, because of our oneness. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever known somebody who became a Christian because of how Christians loved one another or because of how unified they were? I've known people who become Christians because of how Christians have loved them because of that demonstration of love and Christians loved uh, uh, them, people chose to love Jesus. But I don't know that I've ever heard, maybe once or twice, a testimony of a person who said, I just saw how those Christians loved each other and how they were really one in the spirit. And because of that, I became a Christian too. So I find this passage a little bit troublesome. There are three options in dealing with a passage like this. You could say, well, the the Scripture's wrong, um, that it doesn't know what it's talking about. You can say, well, the, the Scripture means something other than the straightforward meaning that we read. Or you can say, maybe we're not living in the way that we're called to live. I reject the first one out of hand. I found that I've been around long enough to know that if um, my understanding of the Bible conflicts with what I see in my life, there's me who's wrong. The Bible's wiser than I am, um, and I know some of you are still hung up on that spot. But all I'm saying is for myself. I proved the authority of the Bible over and over again in my own life. So that leaves final two options. Either we're misinterpreting the passage or we're not living out the passage. My guess is it's the latter. And if that's true, coming to terms with, with what Jesus is praying here could be transformative. It could be a personally transformative experience, a church-transforming experience. It may be that as you look at this passage today, that God's going to just blow your mind and give you eyes to see something that you haven't seen before uh, of what you could be. And I'm hoping that's what happens today. Because the vision for what Jesus is saying is here is profound. And it's amazing. And it's good. But before we go there, let me talk, tell you about Unity. Um, I've known I've known I have known have not known people who come uh, become Christians because so much of unity but I have known people who haven't become Christians because of disunity so we all know unity is important but unity is not trying to merge all churches into a single entity some people think well you know there's so many different denominations if we're all just one denomination that would be the answer to Jesus prayer it wouldn't Evidence of that is, I know a lot of denominations who are not unified, even though they're part of the same denomination. Making it bigger uh, probably wouldn't help. Unity is not thinking the same way about everything. I talked about this a few weeks ago. The disciples were from different walks of life, different perspectives, on life, different politics, and to some extent, different value. Um, Unity showed up because They gathered around Jesus. Jesus was the unifying factor. Not all there are other perspectives on life. Unity shows up not as conformity or uniformity, but but unity is about gathering around Jesus. One of my values is good theology. I believe that what you believe is important. But some of my vast and closest fellowship has been with people who love Jesus, but hold a theology different than my own. My Baptists, my Anglican friends, they've been good for me, and they walk with me. So if unity in the life of a Christian is not conformity, what it is? Well, here's where Jesus' prayer comes in. Let's take a closer look. Verse 21. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. So how is the Son and the Father and the Father and the Son? Well, let me take a few moments, or more than that, to talk to you about the Trinity. The word Trinity never shows up in Scripture, but it's a theological term we use to explain who God is, what he's like. And as I'm sure you know, there are three members of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This chart explains a little bit about what we believe about the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. But the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not the Father. Um, And yet, there's not three gods, there's one. They're all God. That's the doctrine of the Trinity in a nutshell, and I get that it's a mystery because one plus one plus one usually doesn't equal one, but in the case of God, it does, and I know some people have used like the three states of water to explain it. You know, there's um, uh, ice, and then there's uh, liquid, and then there's gas, but uh, God doesn't shift between states. He's all those states all at the same time. And yet he's one. Um, And I get that it's beyond our understanding, but I'm asking you to live in the mystery of the Trinity with me for a minute uh, because Scripture leaves us with this mystery. Jesus said, I am in you, you are in me, I am in the Father, and the, the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father... Um, Jesus is saying, yeah, Father and I are one, and I could go into that, I don't even have time to talk about the Holy Spirit. I want to keep on track with John 17 this morning. But here is the Trinity. So here's the picture we get of the Trinity. You have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of things we don't understand about the Trinity, but here's some of the things that the Trinity helps us understand. The the Trinity is a, a community. It's a community of love. It's a triad of holiness. It's a perfect community. We know from Scripture that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are constantly talking to one another. Can you... Can you even imagine the divine conversation that is going on inside the Godhead? We know that God is love, and so this community is permeated with love. We know that God is good, so we know this conversation is is full of goodness. We know that God is holy and righteous, so this whole conversation is full of righteousness and holiness. These are not... um, fringe, uh, uh, there, there, there's not a tinge of jealousy, or selfishness, or greed, or self-protection, or one-upmanship. But there's a purity towards one another. There's no rivalry. There's no uh, distance. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Relationship with each other is not strained. It's not deceptive. It's not hidden. It's not controlling. The Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Holy Spirit, and the Son and the Holy Spirit love the Father. Holy, and the, the Holy Spirit loves the Father and the Son. Baxter Kruger is a theologian I like, and he puts it this way. The Trinity is not three highly committed religious types sitting in some room in heaven. The Trinity is a circle of shared life. The life that is shared is shared is full, not empty, abounding and rich and beautiful. It's not lonely or sad or boring. Imagine. Imagine the richest conversation that you have ever had with someone or a group of people. And there's this sharing and uh, and there's this wonderful conversation of give and take, and you, you walk away feeling full from that conversation. That conversation is taking place in the Trinity all the time, except on so much richer and fuller, basis than we could ever imagine. Their shared life is full and rich and passionate and creative and good. It's not static. So when you, you understand the awesomeness of this community, then you start to get the logic of creation. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Created us so that they could share with us what they have. If you could, if I could have you understand anything about the Trinity, it would be this. The goal of the Trinity, the goal of God in creation was to bring their creation into the life of the Trinity, it was to share their life with us. The idea of the Trinity does not come out of divine boredom or loneliness or sadness. It flows out of their shared life together. They want their awesome life together to be played out in our lives. Part of what Jesus does is put joy and peace that he experiences in the Trinity. He shares that with us through the Father, in the spirit. Now let's get back to our, our, our passage. Verse 21. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Father, you're in me, I'm in you, Let them be in us. The Apostle Paul expands his idea. He tells us, because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, we're forgiven, we're cleansed, we're made righteous, we're made alive. He says you were crucified with Christ. And then he talks about us being in Christ. Here's what Colossians 3.3 3 says. For you died, and your life is now, right now, hidden with Christ in God. So you are in Christ, and Christ is in God. You are in Christ, and Christ is in God. So you get to see, because of where you are, spiritually, as a child of God, you get to see a glimpse of the fullness of joy, And the vibrancy of life in the community of the Trinity, and you understand the purpose of creation was to share this life with their creation, to share this life with us. When you see how Jesus came into this world to show us real life, when when you understand that how his life, death, and resurrection made a way for your sin to be forgiven the sin that held you apart from God to be dealt with, when you get as a Christian, you, you are in Christ, and Christ is in God. If you can see through life through that lens, it helps you to understand what life was meant to be. Mac, Baxter Kruger put it this way. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the secret, the key that unlocks the mystery of babies and baseball, of fishing and barbecues, of romance and love. He is the light which illuminates the mystery of our humanity, from cooking supper to managing a hardware store and painting houses, to friendship and laughter and music. These are are all ways that the life of the Trinity is played out in us. The life of the Trinity is played out in your day-to-day life, in your kitchen, in your living room. And if you get this, then you will know that the prayer and Bible reading is important because they create space to talk with God and for God to communicate with us. But if you really get what I'm saying, you'll understand that your whole life is a prayer. Your whole life is, is lived in Christ, who is hidden. Uh, your whole life is, is in Christ, who is in God. That divine conversation that the Trinity has amongst itself is swirling around you. And you're included in parts of that conversation. You might hear, uh, it says, may they be be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. While you may hear the conversation swirling around, my, how I love my child. My, yeah, yeah, I love them so much. Did you see what they did? Wow, they made me proud. Did you see how they blew it? But they came back to me. Ah, They didn't sit there. They came back to me. Way to go. Did you see how they served uh, their family? Did you see how they did the little things that nobody saw? Wow, that's pretty cool. Wow. Wow. Did you see that hockey game? When we love this way, where life is a prayer, where life is flowing out of the community of the Trinity that we've been invited into, that, my friends, will mark your life as different. My, My words are so feeble to describe the vision that's so grand, but... But if you could see into the community of the Trinity and see the the lack of striving, there is no striving in God, but it's full of purpose and uh, it's full of love. Maybe you could, out of that community, stop striving. Be still and know that He's God. That you are in Him and He is in you. And just live your life well. If you could see the, the holy intensity by which they love each other and by which they love you and there's this holy dance of, of how they love one another. then maybe as you're caught up in that dance with them and you see how they love you, maybe you could take what you get from that community and love one another. If you can see into this wonderful community that God the Father and the Son and the Spirit are moving together in harmony and they they invite you to move with them. Maybe you could step away from a God that religion has created that is remote and austere and angry and spiteful and fall in love with the God who is. Maybe then we we could see sin not so much in light of a moral obligation or breaking of God's laws, but something that's out of step with the community of God, something that's out of step with the ongoing purposes of God for which he created us. You see, sin says something that poisoned the life that that God has created for us rather than enhance it, which a lot of people think sin does. Now, if you get this vision of this person who, because they're in the Trinity, and because this this life and this conversation of of grace and love is flowing around them, and they're caught up in in who God is and and how God is talking amongst himself and talking to us, if you get that vision for that person, now, now imagine with me a church full of these kind of people who are united around God, whose whose life are prayers, who uh, uh, who are included in the Trinity and who are caught up in the things and the purposes of God, where life is just overflowing and joy is complete and peace is real and the power to be persevering and patient is there, and kindness and goodness and self-control flow out of that. Imagine a community, a community like that. Now, I think that a community full of people like that, who are united around the vision of God, a people whose life is a prayer, whose core came out of the community of the Trinity. I think people would want to be part of that, don't you think? I believe that's what Jesus meant in his prayer. May they be in unity so that the world may know who I am. Is unity being around being included in the life of God? So with that, let me read our scripture passage to you again. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. I'm praying for the people of Asbury. I'm praying for you who are sitting here and who are listening to this. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may all, they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me and they, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought into complete unity. Then, then, then the world will know that you sent me. And have loved them even as you love me. Let's pray. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Our words fail us when we go to describe you. You are so far beyond what we can capture in language. There's so much mystery and so much we don't understand about you. But this we do understand. That Jesus, you died so that we might be in you and you in us. And you, our lives are hidden with Christ in God. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Help this vision of who you've made your people to be to well up within us and guide us as we live our life. For our lives to be lives of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.